for this industry to reach its true potential, we have to start at the beginning and that's pre-construction. And you're already seeing that, right? Like pre-construction has moved from the design bid build world into the design build world and now the IPD world, these new ventures that are solving the real problems that exist because they're aligning early. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with the mission to propel this great industry forward. I'm excited today to have a special guest returning to us for the second time, Jeff Sample. He's a technology evangelist, speaker, podcaster, passionate advocate for construction, and is currently the head of communication at Join. Welcome back to the show, Jeff. Well, thanks for having me back, Todd. It's uh, it's really awesome to be back. It's been cool to watch you uh, to go through all of this, uh, you know, be on early episodes and and watch bridging the gap mature. It's been really fun to watch, and you've done an incredible job in moving uh, moving the industry forward, especially the conversation. I'm always super impressed with watching people come into uh, their own style of communication, and you have one, and it's it's fantastic. So it's been fun to watch. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. It's it's uh it's fun to have you you back on. The last time was uh episode six, and we recorded it live in person. If you can believe and remember that at, at AU two years ago, so <laughs> seems like a long time. And lots has happened since that AU. <laughs> it it has, man, and and a lot has happened. And it I I'm remembering back fondly recording in person. Uh, I miss <laughs> that for sure, and uh, I think you know that's been something we've learned over the last year is, is, or I guess it's 18 months now, almost. Yeah. However long it's been, it's, uh, that I miss those times being together. And I think we have to, to we can't take them for granted anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to, to dive into this episode and thank you, uh, early on back in episode six for encouraging me way back when as we're, you know, looking back, we want to bring people that we're early on in the, the process of the podcast and that had a, a big impact on the show. And, and you were one of those people and really kind of helped launch the, the tone and encouraging me to just kind of relax, kind of find my authentic voice of where I fit in and uh, just enjoy the ride. So thanks. Well, it, that's awesome. And you're welcome because I, I mean, I think all of us finding our voice um, and being true is what we needed to do. And, and there's this idea. Uh, I, I love the podcasting world because it really has embraced that there's room for all of us and all of our voices and for all the differing voices. I think this is so cool that we get to be on all these different shows and it's whoever you approach, it's never about, Oh, well, they were on that show or they were on this show. It's always, Hey, come on and let's talk. And as you see new people coming in, the industry needs new voices, right? We talk about the new blood needed to help the industry move forward. And part of that is moving the conversation forward. So having new great voices is awesome. And I, I think you've created some of your own and, and I cannot believe those episode six. So you've had like 90 plus of these since um, and had such extraordinary guests. I mean, that's, that's always been the fun on my side with doing the, uh, the contact crew for years and doing the construction dorks. Now it's just all the people we get to talk to. Aren't they crazy? Interesting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's my favorite part. You get to meet really cool personalities, really eccentric personalities, and just get to learn from people. This is a, it's a, it's really interesting, diverse industry. When you take the time to, to sit down and, and talk with people on where they're coming from, from different perspectives and people can have similar 
backgrounds on paper, but they come at it from a radically different perspective. And there's truth in, in, in all the, the different insights there. So that's, it's very cool. Very insightful. Yeah. It's, it's fun to watch that too. Like it, you, you really think you could predict somebody and then they come on and, and they're, they're very different than you thought, but yeah. they're almost always better in my opinion that, you know, um, the one yeah. thing you miss is all the quirks of being in person and, you know, we're doing this all behind microphones. So, you know, we only have to all dress from the, from the chest up kind of thing, but <laughs> you know, we're going to have to remember someday soon here, we're going to be getting back out there in person. I, you know, we were talking that about that before the show is that it's, it's coming, we're all going to be back out there, but, um, I'm excited for that a little bit, you know, a little bit weary about what, what it's going to look like, but it's going to be fun. We're going to do it. Yeah. The big negative in that though, is having to wear real pants and dress shoes again. I had to go into the office the other day and I do not have the stamina built up for real pants, like wearing a belt, dress socks, dress shoes. It was, it was not good. <laughs> My comfortable like, footwear I, <laughs> going from slippers to sneakers. Right. Yeah. Having to, having to wear, like I realized really fast that I'm for this venture back out, I'm going to have to find a sneaker that looks like a shoe so I can wear it. Um, and maybe yeah. some like, I don't know, more comfy pants. I don't know. <laughs> All birds. That's my tip for shoes. They are so incredibly comfortable and they look pretty nice too. <laughs> I'm going to take you up on that. I'll go look for those. Yeah. Well, for those who don't know your background, catch us up. How did you get into the construction industry to begin with? So by trade, I'm an IT, I'm an IT guy. Um, so I say I was an IT architect, you know, I was helping companies build out their, their tech stacks and, you know, installing office and, uh, you know, running their email and all of that. And, uh, I found my way into software development for a little while and really, really fell in love with it. A friend of mine, um, old mentor said, you know, if you want to learn how to be a great IT person, you have to learn how software is made so you can learn how to be a good user of software. I took a step into that world and really fell in love with it. And, um, as things go in the software world, uh, that company got bought and sold and bought and, and that ride came to an end and a construction company and I happened to uh, a masonry subcontractor up here in Vail, Colorado, Gallegos Masonry, found me and brought me into construction. So I spent a few years with them as their IT director. Um, we decided to part ways when I met James Benham and I fell in love with the contact crew and, you know, becoming a, becoming a podcaster and, you know, really getting out there and, and helping companies understand technology and how to put it to good use. I mean, I think that's what I'm not your classic geek that way. Um, I look at technology as to how it can augment people and help them do their day jobs. We all know I got the, the moniker, the Ironman of IT. It's because I race uh, Ironman triathlons. And that means I'm passionate about doing other things than just work. And I think we should be allowed to do both. Right. Like that. I yeah. think that what the pandemic has taught us is, is, is we should be allowed to and should have the opportunity to take advantage and be great at both. You know, we should be great at work life balance because we should have that balance. And so that's sort of been my mission um, with JB Knowledge. I had the privilege of going to lots of companies and teaching them about what everybody mistakes as technology innovation is just technology. It's not, it's a cultural shift in your organization. It's a mindset change that you're going to do things differently and approach things differently. So I had that opportunity, but I, you know, I had a chance to go back into software with eSub uh, a couple of years ago. 
And then this is the crazy thing that in the middle of this pandemic, I actually had the opportunity to move to join. And um, I had met Andrew, the CEO in February, right before everything shut down, pretty much on my last trip. And he was the only person I'd ever met in person for the team. So when I came over here in October of last year, I had physically only met one coworker and I met everyone virtually did this entire ride virtually until vaccinations came through and I got to meet the team, uh, in late May this year. Yeah. So what was that like? I've been wondering for people that have had to change jobs and, and really experienced the, the full brunt of remote dynamics and everything. What was that experience like over the last year? Uh, it had its ups and downs. I'll be honest. It was, it is really hard, especially being that, you know, like I said, I'm not your classic technology person. I'm more of a people person. Uh, I always say I, yeah. I don't fix technology. I fix the the wing nut between the chair and the keyboard and I get to know <laughs> them and I understand what they, you know, how they drink their coffee or how they drink their tea. And a, a lot of what you do in that world is relationships. And it's really hard to do that virtually. So that was a bit of a struggle. Um, You have to be a lot more um, intentional about it, Um, but it also can be done, you know? So what I did learn though, is that no one looks like they look through their camera. If you've never seen them before, like, I know how tall you are, Todd, (laughs) I've been in the room with you, but I swear that half the people I thought were super tall are not. And there is a whole group that is super tall in our company that I didn't realize was that tall just because it doesn't not come across on a camera. So yeah, <laughs> that was really, that was a real eye opener for me. Um, but the other one that, that really caught my eye and my ear was extroverts are extroverts, introverts are introverts, but you cannot really tell through a microphone and a camera how extroverted someone is or how introverted someone is. It is the medium itself just does not do that justice. And that that's something that instilled in me that we need to be back together in some form, right? Um, I think I'll probably say this way too many times, but there has to be an intentionality to when we get back together and why we do it and what we're mm-hmm. there to achieve. I think previously we were ants marching, right? Get in your car, drive to work, do your commute do your eight hours, get in your car, drive back home. Like, this is my routine. Fly to a conference, fly to this. That, I think what we've learned is we don't have to do that anymore. Mm. But that doesn't mean we don't need to meet. And I was, I was actually just reading an Adam Grant post this morning, which talked a lot about, you know, um, it was kind of generalizing who's going to want to be in person and who's going to want to stay remote and why these things are, are important. There is importance to people getting together. There are people who collaborate better in person and they need other team members there to judge and feel their reactions just beyond the camera. And we need that. But there are people who the seclusion of being at home provides them an opportunity to really crank work out and get it done. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the value that, that we can apply going forward in those lessons learned. And so we can be personally intentional in when we meet with one another and why we meet with one another. But I also think that leaders in the industry 
um, and in all industries need to be intentional about putting people in the right places at the right times and then allowing them that time to get more work done wherever it suits them best. Um, you know, some people need to get out of their houses because they have children and they can't work and get a lot done. Others, well, their, their home is their solitude. So let's let them have it. Do you feel indestructible? Well, do you? Then MEP Force 2021 is the event for you. It's the gathering place for industry thought leaders throughout MEP to come together and learn the new technology trends in prefabrication and more. The best part is that it's all industry-led and driven, meaning real people from the trades will be leading the almost 70 breakout sessions. So you will be getting real life, practical examples and use cases to take back and implement right away. This year, we'll be having some in-person networking events in Atlanta, Austin, and Denver. Excited to see people in person. Go over to MEPForce.com to claim your edge today and use promo code BTG to save almost 50% on your ticket. Looking forward to seeing all my innovators at MEPForce. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I was just listening to uh, the Business Made Simple podcast. It's with Donald Miller. Uh, it's a great podcast if you haven't heard of it. Oh, no, uh, but total Donald Miller fan. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I eat up everything they, they say. But on, on a recent episode, they were talking about the having different kinds of meetings in, in different spaces and what channel is, is best for that. And they had the, the 2D versus 3D was kind of their breakdown of it. So the 2D was what's best in a, a short like text exchange or email exchange or something. But then what are the information that can be conveyed better with uh, and in-person touch versus the, the Zoom call. And there's different aspects of, of communication and, and information that is expressed better in those different formats. So like a brainstorming, probably an in-person kind of feel to it. If you're just like reading off a, a list of itinerary to come, send it in an email. You don't need to be meeting for that. And it was a, it was a really interesting episode and kind of gut check on if you've ever been sitting in the meeting of like, this meeting doesn't need to be taking place right now. This could very well be an email or you see in that email chain of like, why is this going on forever and ever? This <laughs> could be addressed in a five minute phone call. Um, so I, I think it's important to identify and then communicate what those channels are for those different aspects of communication and have everybody really clear on this is when we meet in person. This is when we send an email. This is when just a, a simple quick Slack chat or something is suffice. It's a great, cause you're right that all those mediums have their moments and we've learned them. I mean, I think, I think some of us hopefully along the way have learned that like an asynchronous Google doc can literally replace most meetings and at least the formality of them. I mean, I know at join, we've really focused on getting every meeting down shorter and shorter to the real meat of what we wanted to meet on or, or, or deciding that it's not a meeting, it's a working session. Like they're two different things and mm -hmm. really allowing people access to that information to put the information in when they need. So you can consume it when you need, you know, some folks um, work better in the morning. Some people work better at night. It just, it, we can do this. We can facilitate this. We can make light. We, we can make meetings shorter. Maybe, maybe that's the take, make, make meetings shorter, but on the other one, you're right. As a speaker, you know, somebody who does this for a living, the podcast has made you and I 
you know, sort of capable at talking to a blank screen at times and, and understanding that we hope people are enjoying what we're saying. But what I found from doing webinars is it's really tough that you can't read a room. You know, when you're up there on stage and, and you're trying to communicate something and you don't see heads nodding and, or, you know, I'll, I'll be quite frank, like my, my tick is if I notice people start picking up their phones and looking down, well, then I've lost them. So it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. You know, all those mm -hmm. cues disappear in a webinar. You know, they're just all these oh, yeah. participants sitting over to the side. And, and so from that respect, you know, it's helped with the craft a little bit, but, but the craft needs those people. You know, I, I want to see heads nodding again. I, I want to see smiles on people's faces or that, that look when somebody grabs their chin or says, Oh, wait, you know, I had somebody recently say, Oh, you kicked me in the gut on that one. And I was like, well, that would have been cool to see like from a proverbial right. <laughs> perspective, like to right, see, see the, the look the on the your face. Blown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, what's something over the last year and a half that you've learned that you're going to be kind of pulling forward as things are are opening back up? Ooh, that I'm going to pull forward. I think the meetings thing is is one of the classics that a lot of meetings can be cut out, um, and that a lot of travel for the sake of travel is not necessary. Um, but what I am going to pull out is 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 understanding people and being in the same room with them, it, it does have a delicate importance to communication and bringing people together. Um, so, so those are two of the things that I'm going to pull out. Um, I, I also hope that the industry learns that, that there's a, a scale and an ability to use technology to then be intentional. So again, mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to say intentional way too many times, but that's just what I've been doing too much lately. Because you think about a project engineer or a project manager, right? They're running a ton of work. And as, and as we look forward into the opening, I know we want to talk about that. You know, things are going to get as hectic as we've ever seen in the industry. Right. The more things open up and go back to quote unquote normal, the more of this work that's been held off, it's going to be like a champagne court going off and it's going to be work everywhere. It's not like it's not, it's pretty much gangbusters as it is right now. If you didn't think it could get any worse, it's going to get worse. And so if you think about those project managers or project engineers or anybody running a ton of work, what I've pulled forward is they can use the tools that they have now. And I think that's the great thing that they've done, right? They've, they were forced in a lot of respects to adopt technology under a stressor, but it showed them they could do it. Mm -hmm. So now that they know they could do it and they've used it and then the world opens up, they have the ability to use those tools to help them scale. I, I try to tell this all the time, 90% of the work that we're running is good, right? It's going somewhat as planned. Like it never goes exactly as planned. It never goes perfect. Let's, we're not looking for that. We're looking for the 80, 20 rule, right? The 90% of the jobs go well, but it's 10% that don't. And those are the ones that can tank you as a business, 
not just, you know, hurt your profits. They can literally tank your business. And so if you utilize the tools, if a, if a project manager or a project engineer or, you know, a VP of pre-construction uses the tools they have to look for the bad jobs, they can focus. That's the job site you want to drive to every day or once a week, twice a week. That's where you want to intentionally go and get involved in what's going on and apply your focus to writing those 10% bad jobs because that's going to put those back on your bottom line and you will be able to write those ships if you can focus. If you're looking at all 100% you know, of the jobs with the same focus, you're going to miss it. It's just, it's impossible for us to cover everything. So I think for me, the tools and the ability to focus people is, is been great that, that, that we've learned that. So how do you then encourage construction firms to really embrace that intentionality and sit down on the, the front side of things, take the time to kind of map out a plan? on this is where we're going to be focusing. This is what we're going to be using. This is what technology we're going to leverage, the data that we're going to be looking at in order to not just kind of be overwhelmed as the, the champagne bottle pops open and everything is going crazy and they just kind of give up and, and revert back to maybe what they were doing beforehand because that's what they're, they know and they're comfortable with. Well, I, I think the haves and the have-nots are, that's going to happen, right? Those that have technology, and those that and, and have embraced it are going to shine. Mm -hmm. And those that have not, who think they could ride this thing out and then return to normal, are going to fail miserably. And unfortunately, that's just going to happen. Now, for those that have embraced it, but they're kind of on that fence, they can think about it. You have to have a plan going in. You always have to have a plan. But before you have a plan, you've got to have why you know like why do we want to do all this because we want these jobs to run better run faster we know these things are going to happen we want to come together as a team and get aligned and that team's not just anyone it's not a it's not a, a mechanical contractor an electrical contractor it's a me mechanical electrical plumber gc framer drywaller concrete steel and what's cool is that's a big table of people right but virtually, we can all align quickly and use the technology tools we have to communicate efficiently as long as we set it up from the beginning and trust one another. I mean, there's, there's a lot of trust that still needs to be built in the industry. I mean, I'm not here to talk about join, but I came to join because I think for this industry to reach its true potential, we have to start at the beginning, and that's pre-construction. And you're already seeing that, right? Like pre-construction has moved from the design bid build world into the design build world. And now the IPD world, these new ventures that are solving the real problems that exist because they're aligning early. And the more you align and that alignment's not on a technology stack. It's not on the build itself. It's on the values that the group has together as an owner, an architect, an engineer, a GC, any trade contractor to deliver something in the built world. You align and then you begin to trust one another and then you start to apply tools across the continuum. Then you've got an opportunity to really drive true change, right? If you don't start at the beginning, you're never gonna get your full potential. 
at the end. So, and I think right. that's where the industry's learning to plan more, learning to think more about it. Technology requires that, you know, you know, this, if, if I grab a great piece of tech and I just throw it out and most of the time it doesn't go very well, <laughs> but <luck>. if I <laughs> find a great problem and then I go find good technology to solve it, I get the most out of that technology. And I think the problem in the industry is that we don't have trust and we haven't come together. And I think if we start at the beginning of these processes with an alignment and a tool set that allows us to trust one another, then we have the opportunity to really reach our true potential as an industry and disrupt ourselves. You know, we've, we mm. can talk about it. There are disruptors that have come here and tried and they have failed. But what nobody's mm. really talking about is they were right. There's people who were hiring them because they're looking yeah. for a different way to do things. So yeah. let's do that. Let's do it differently. Um, that yeah. may be, maybe that was the nugget you were looking for is what, what have I learned over this? What am I pulling forward that? Yeah, we can do things differently. We can change. Create a common data environment for your team with 360 sync. 360 sync automatically transfers organized and archives project files across applications. It is the only way to automatically sync project files between your server, Procore, BIM360, Bluebeam, or any other platform you use. 360 Sync is the only document management system designed by and for the AEC industry. Users have automatically transferred over 1 million files and over 2 million syncs. Set it and forget it. Create a common data environment for your team today using 360 Sync. Visit asti.com slash 360 Sync for more information. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you you nailed it with that. The construction industry then kind of had a realization over the last year and a half that technology isn't that scary, that on a mass scale, the industry can adopt it and do well and get more efficient and, and see a lot of those gains that people had kind of rolled their eyes at before of like kind of pie in the sky stuff, but it's working. And it's, uh, I think that that's a, a really big point to, to kind of hammer on. I want to also circle back on something else that you said with kind of aligning the, the whole team behind the why. I think that that's a, an interesting issue to, to bring up in the construction industry. And from my vantage point, it, it seems that there's a lot of companies out there that, that do know their why, but they don't communicate it throughout the entire team, that this handful of people might know the why. But if you ask the different departments and different people up and down the food chain what the why is, you're going to get 20 different answers and not aligned with what the leadership team is saying is their why. And so do you really have a why then if the whole company has 20 different responses? I say, no, <laughs> I'm sure you would be the same, but how do you encourage those people to then communicate successfully the why across all facets of the company? So everybody's going to the same direction. You've really got to put your, your, your mission, vision, and values out there, right? We all have uh, a vision, a mission, and what we value as organizations. And that has to be communicated. Um, too, far too many leaders try to keep their arms around everything for too long. And, you know, like Simon Sinek, that's where the why comes from. 
Um, mm -hmm. If you want to grow your business, you have to grow your inner circle. They have to understand your why and take the company's why out there. And this is where it gets really interesting because each one of those individuals should have their own why, but it should be how that why supports the why of the organization. Like our organization's why is to deliver unbelievable industrial facilities for wastewater treatment, right? And mine might be as a project engineer that um, I facilitate um, the understanding of projects and how all the parts and pieces work together to generate a great building, a, a great uh, wastewater treatment facility. So great, I, I support that why. Like they're nested inside of one another, but far too many people spend time working and not communicating. And that takes great leadership to sit down and articulate it and understand that I think very few of them understand the gain back that they can get by opening up their inner circle and growing it. Because the more you grow your inner circle, then the more those people can go out and grow their inner circle. And all of a sudden you've got an organization that without you having to look over their shoulders is functioning as a well-oiled machine because they're putting their, their work hat on and looking at every decision through that understanding of what our vision is and our mission is and making good decisions. Cause it's great. We're going to make bad decisions, but if they were made with good intentions, then we're on the right path. Um, and if we mm -hmm. can then understand why those decisions went wrong, but they were made under the right pretense, we can teach people to make better decisions. We can teach people to get better over time. And that's true with technology. It's true with construction. So mm -hmm. I think it's really important that we articulate that and that we spread it. And it's also how, you know, individual organizations that come together, because that's what construction is, right? It's a multitude of companies that have their own reason for being in business that come together to work as a team to deliver something in the built world. And I mean, if you're not watching $175 billion um, infrastructure bill pass the Senate, right? Or, and, and it's, or pass the house and it's on its way to the Senate, you realize that that's almost a half a million dollars or $500 million per person in the U S right? Like that's how much money is about. And that's, if it passes, you know, we can argue about that, but whatever, if it passes, that's, that's just that piece of the pie right there, let alone what's happening in the private market, right? There's right. a lot, right? So we, there's a lot of money, a lot, to of, potential out there. <laughs> a lot of potential. Everybody can go out there and work together as well-oiled machines to drive what they need as a business while still working together as a conglomerate to deliver the asset that the owners want, that whoever's running it wants or needs. I mean, a lot of that has to do with renewable energies or replacing the water pipes uh, and the water treatment facilities across our country. Those are critical pieces to our future. And, you know, we as an industry have, well, we're the only ones that can do it. Right. That's it. It's up yeah. to us to do it. Bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's circling back on, uh, something that you said in, in that response, it, it's on the surface, it's an interesting kind of paradox in that as you are kind of tamping down on what your why is and you're getting, 
you're kind of hammering that point. You're also giving up control to everybody else in order to make that happen. And so I think that there's this interesting struggle that people go through on if I'm supposed to kind of beat in the why, I don't think you should beat it in, but <laughs> you, you're really, you know, hammering down. This is our why, this is our why, this is our why, getting everybody on the same page. But you're also at the same time delegating and pushing off and allowing everybody else the, the freedom to move. It seems on the surface that those two things don't really go along, that you should just tamp down and control everything. And I, I think that that's, a, that's where the paradox comes in, is that once people realize that by a leader kind of staying over here, focusing on this why and really explaining, coming up with a really good story and communicating what the purpose is and the reasoning behind it, you are being the most efficient and, and the other side is able to do things that are way more creative and, and you're able to conquer and cover way more ground than what you could do on yourself. But it doesn't on the surface really seem to make sense fully. Well, yeah, that makes really sense hard. at all. No, it does make sense for a second, but <laughs> it's really hard. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's the key. It's not easy to lead. It's not easy to give up that control. Um, but it's critical because if you don't, I've watched it. You've tried to keep your arms around it. It'll, it'll last for a while, but then they'll slip through and it, and, it, and it will fail. And you'll watch what you've built crumble. And you can't have that. You, you have to trust. And, and I look to people and look, you know, it's like your kids. If I grab their hand every time they go to put their hand on the hot stove or, you know, near a knife, all the things that I want to do, then someday it's going to happen when I'm not around, it's going to be worse. So I have to let them stumble. I have to let them skin their knees. I have to let them get hurt and learn so that they can grow into being productive, well-rounded adults. Uh, it's the same thing in business, right? But also what I think is intrinsically cool is uh, your kids all of a sudden will do something that just blows you away. You're like, whoa. How did you, like my son will do this to me and our employees, our people can do the same that, and if you control it all, you're never going to have that opportunity to go, Whoa, look what they just did. And mm -hmm. to bring it into technology, a lot of leaders think they have to understand the technology completely. You don't have to. And in fact, it's not worth your time to get that far into it. What you need to understand are what are the problems that the businesses is facing and let these people that you've entrusted and given their values, you know, communicated your mission and your vision and your values to, and your why, and let them go deliver. Cause I guarantee you, they're going to surprise you because they're going to do things that you never thought of. That's mm -hmm. the beauty of a diverse group of people working on a problem. They solve things differently. They just completely blow our minds on how they're going to do things. And while that's hard, the reward is absolutely worth it because you see people shine and take their role too. I mean, might not look it, but I'm getting up there in years. And I realize that the best thing I can do is, you know, my money's not going to be here later. These other things aren't going to be here later, but the wisdom that I can pass on, the experiences that I can pass on, the people I can help grow into their true potential, that's what's going to live on. That's what's bigger and greater than me. 
And that's what drives me to talk to people, to work with them, to, to try to bring them along and let them grow. It's painful, Todd. I'm sure early on we could have told you things you were going to do wrong on this podcast. <laughs> but if we told you, you weren't going to listen. You're just going to have to do it. And same as us. I mean, I go back and listen to myself all the time and I'm like, oh. I mean, I just did it. I do like too much. I mean, you go back and look at yourself and improve and realize I'm flawed. You're flawed. The boss is flawed. The leader's flawed. We're all flawed. That's what makes us human. Yeah. But if we encourage each other to grow, we are far better as a group than we are as individuals. We're far more powerful in that respect. If, if we're driven together, here's the thing, people without a good vision together, more and more of them, it's actually worse. But with the shared vision, with the shared goal, we're far better together. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Yeah, agreed. So how do, should construction firms, in light of that, think through their tech stack and really evaluate how it's working for them? Uh, you got to begin with the end in mind, right? Start at the beginning. What do you want to do? What do you want to get better at and measure it, right? You know, um, Moving forward for the sake of moving forward, you can be doing things that, that, you know, we'll use a James Benham. You can efficiently suck. That's not a good idea. Like you don't want to just get better at being bad. You want to improve. Right. So decide on the things that you want to improve on, decide on the problems that you want to solve and how you're going to measure that. And what everybody loves to measure what success looks like. Yeah. Let's measure what failure looks like. Because when we hit failure, we need to pull. And this comes from Google and Google X. I read a, uh, a, uh, an article from one of, the, one of the people that was working there and her entire job was to hold people accountable to their failure metric. So hmm. when a project coming out of Google X reached its failure metrics, you had to pull the plug. And then she actually was part of one going out and had to look at her own failure metric and was ready not to pull the plug. And then realized that she was saving, you know, you could continue to chase something and push money down it. and Maybe you're going to get there, but it wasn't the right expenditure. And so she had to pull her own group. So really look at what failure looks like sometimes more than success. So you can know when to cut and run and move on to the next thing that can help you succeed. Right? So there's a, there's a system of metrics that you got to build, but then you also need to build a culture. Um, you cannot do this. It's, it's not an X's and Y's or X's and O's thing. This is a cultural shift into the company that we're going to embrace technology. We're going to use it to augment and help our people do better. And we will measure those things 
we will track those things and we will continue to iterate and do those things. And this is what our culture is. Our culture is to find the problems, be open, honest, and, and, and communicate them, and then try to solve them and be honest about when we've solved them and when we've had, when we have it, you know, if, if, if you take on a problem and you put somebody in charge of it, realize now that this is their baby. And it will be very, very hard for them to take their hard work and say, you know what, we didn't make it. So make somebody else their accountability buddy to help them reach that. And to understand that the failure of the solution is not the failure of the person trying, that sometimes things just don't work. Software mm -hmm. doesn't work out for certain people. Certain technologies aren't the right thing. Let's be honest, certain building materials, certain building practices that we've tried over the years have failed as well. Because they have a tendency to have more of a physical and, and visible impact, we have a tendency to cut and run from those quicker. We, we need to be able to do that uh, in our technology stacks as well and for our people. Um, far too many technologists that I know have had a project pulled out from underneath them and not and had their self-worth go with that. And that's a failure for the organization. The project failed. The software failed. We can look back honestly and figure out where we could have done things better. But in some cases, there was no way that that software was going to work or that technology was going to work. So um, understand that and, and coach those people along. Mm -hmm. uh, that's great. I, I love that, that reframing of failure and, and what it means, what it looks like. I, I think the industry as a whole even people outside the industry need to, to really embrace that lesson and um, just look at failure through a, a different lens. We're all human. I don't care how high up the podium you are, how many followers you have, or how many speeches you've done. At the end of the day, you're a human. You're flawed just like the rest of us. It's just, you know, we don't see your flaws as much. Yeah. But they're there. You know, we right. all have them. We all embrace them. We should be cool yeah. with it. It's all right. You know, that's, that's what makes us who we are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what in the industry is really piquing your curiosity or another way to, to ask it as a construction dork, what are you dorking out on? Ooh, so I took my annual, I'm glad, so glad you asked this because I took my <laughs> annual uh, removal from technology week um, a, a couple of weeks ago and I happened to come out and fire up my phone and Windows 11 announcement came across my screen and I literally jumped out of my skin and dove into the articles and really started to read because I think this is a cue for the rest of the technology industry as a whole, but I think construction can pull from it. What Windows is doing in Windows 11, and let's, let's not worry about the functionality pieces and parts here, but it is an embracing of all other platforms, right? They are embracing Android. They're embracing iOS. They're embracing Apple. They even offer, I mean, the, the key line in it was Satya Nadella said, we would love and welcome FaceTime on the Microsoft operating system. What Satya and Microsoft has realized is they are greater than the sum of their individual parts. And by growing their ecosystem and connecting all of those things together, 
they are putting themselves at the center of everyone's universe. And that's the true way that software grows beyond its current capabilities. We as individuals are better connected, but our software is the same. There is no one ring to rule them all. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. So the interconnectedness and the ability to access information from our chosen methods is the key to our future. And I think Microsoft just stamped a flag in the ground and said, we are going to do it. We're going to show you the way. And I, I know I sound like I'm on my soapbox, but I am a believer in what they are doing. And I think every software company at the top should look and say, we must follow that. We must embrace yeah. that. And I think we've seen that here. Like, I mean, Procore going IPO, how did they get where they got their partner platform, right? Through the Procore marketplace that made them greater than the sum of their parts. They've helped numerous people in this industry get better, right? Autodesk has done the same thing over time we are better together and the software companies, you know, we all can make our mark just like there's no one construction company that can take over for everything and build everything. It's just not going to happen. So there's JV partnerships that we're seeing, right? We're seeing these, these organizations come together to bring the best of their both worlds or multiple worlds together to deliver projects in new ways software is coming together to deliver solutions in new ways. And, you know, for me, that's my geek out, man. I think Microsoft 11, Windows 11 is going to be a great thing. By the way, they're offering it for free as an upgrade again, which again shows me that they're dedicated to creating an operating system for your world that they know your will you become dependence not the right word for it but you're going to be using it from now and way into the future and and they'll be a key part of your life and um you know i really think in the next year two years maybe you'll go buy whatever hardware it is you want you'll connect it up and your operating system will come down and you'll log in and everything will be there and it's just another vehicle to the end so um and I think that's that's really important across construction because you think certain apps are built on iOS, certain apps are built on Android, certain users like certain things. We're going to be able to meet them wherever we can. And they're going to have this centralized way to get information back. So for me, that's my tech geek out. That's where my construction dork head has been lately. Um, and I'm fired up about it. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, again, it's a, another kind of paradox for people to wrap their minds around and that controlling everything, it actually doesn't give you uh, better results. And you guys did an episode on the, the Dorkcast a while back now uh, around the competition that I, I thought was really had great points in it of when you're able to sit down and, and figure out how to work with your competition and really collaborate and cooperate with them, both companies, rise and uh the the whole uh a rising tide lifts all boats of nathan saying that every five seconds but yeah <laughs> it's it's true <laughs> a, a rising tide does lift all ships and and in it and in that particular episode we 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 found two great companies in um 
GTP Stratus and um, M Suite, which uh, Fat Pro, Field Pro, that, and it was Benny Beltrowski and Amanda Kaminal that came together and talked about it. And they, you know, this is something if you go back to, uh, you know, you'll hear me talk about Simon Sinek and Adam Grant a lot. You know, Simon Sinek refers to it as your worthy rival. The beauty of a worthy, worthy rival is we don't have to beat them. They push us to be better. GTP Stratus pushes M Suite to be better, and M Suite pushes GTP Stratus to be better. You know, um, these organizations pushing each other to reach our true potential. It, it would be like, you know, Michael Jordan not having the Pistons to go up against, you know, Michael Jordan doesn't become Michael Jordan. If he doesn't get hacked up in there against the Pistons and lose a few times, like, um, right. you know, this, you can go through all of sports with that. You can go, you can draw these analogies everywhere and, you know, metal sharpens metal. It's, it's just the truth and coopetition makes us better. Um, and in the end, you know, the, these markets are so big. We, we, we talked about that a little while ago. There's room for everybody to make their fair share and feel really, really good about it and know that they brought something to their customers too. I know in that world, each of those softwares offers something different, just like all softwares offer something a little bit different and they find their right customers and they improve those customers' lives if we're doing it right. Those people go home better, we go home better. And in the end, it is a symbiotic relationship. And I think that's something people forget is I don't get to be here talking to you and representing join. If join does not have customers that are happy and come back and grow. So mm -hmm. we construction industry from a software side, want you to succeed. And we hope that you want us to succeed because the, the better software we build, the more we open you up to focus on the things that you're great at and facilitate you reaching your potential. And that's the beauty of the, the, bring it back to your Donald Miller, right? We're not the hero, you are. And construction, you right. are our hero. And we are your guide in our little area. And we wanna guide you to the best you can be. And anybody who's not doing that in this industry needs to be called out for it. I think you'll hear this more and more coming is that the shift is, this is a symbiotic relationship and a partnership between software. Someone posted recently on LinkedIn that, you know, your relationships got you projects in the past and your technology will get you projects in the future. And I want to argue that your relationships with technology and what it can do for your projects will win you more work in the future. And that's the mm -hmm. other thing I want to encourage construction companies to do is get involved in that process. Provide mm -hmm. feedback, understand that there are going to be problems, but it's going to solve a lot of other problems. So communicate back what can do better and become an advocate for yourselves and a teacher to us in the software industry. And we will teach you as well and learn to go both ways. And we're all going to get better. So. You know, that's my soapbox yeah. and, and that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> yeah. Preach. Well, how do people get a hold of you and find out more information? Ah, uh, well, um, you can email me at Jeff at join.build. If you want to learn about what we're doing over here at join, we're, we're a decision-making platform for pre-construction, really transforming the beginning of that. Um, you can follow me, hit me up on LinkedIn and connect. 
Um, or you can follow me on Twitter at Iron Man of IT. Um, anywhere you want, just email me, reach out. Uh, hopefully, shake my hand soon in the, in a in an in person industry event. Those things are starting to pop up. Um, so yeah, that's how you find me. And um, Todd, thank you and congratulations to bridging the gap. You guys have done such a great job, and it is so cool to see. Thank you very much. Well, last question for you: What does innovation mean to you? Continuous improvement, getting better every day, trying to find something at any point, whether it's technology, process, or just the way I think, to challenge the things that I had done that I can think or do things differently or better and never resting on where I've gotten. There is no end to this, you know, go back to uh, Simon Sinek again. This is an infinite game, my friend. The only way to win is keep playing the game. So I'm here to keep playing the game, keep getting better, and keep innovating by changing the way I think, the way I do things, and the, and the way I approach things. Awesome. Great way to end it. Jeff, thanks so much for coming back again and all the encouragement. I appreciate it. Thank you. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take. Intentionality became a theme throughout this conversation. There is tremendous value in knowing when and why to do something, whether it's determining when to go in person or remote or leveraging technology or saying yes or no, being intentional with your time and energy pays dividends. Second take, Jeff encouraged that you could use the tools you have now to help you scale by focusing your attention on the areas that need your help. Be intentional with the 10% of jobs not going according to plan and right those ships. Finally, Jeff mentioned that we can do things differently as an industry. We can change our workflows and be better for it. The last 18 months have proved that case. It is up to us to encourage one another to continue to grow, innovate, and improve. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is directed and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2021.